1: We are here just minutes after the Ohio State Buckeyes pulled off an unbelievable 17-14 to victory over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. This is your land-grant podcast network Instant Recap Pod. My name is Matt Timonini. I am joined by Justin Gold. But, Justin, I, I had notes. I had a script for this. It's gone. I have thrown that out. <laughs> I have thrown that out. Also, I can't hear super well because I am using – I'm at my parents' house and I um, forgot my headphones. So, I'm using my 8-year-old nephew's – Orlando Magic headphones that don't really fit my head and you he can probably never use again because i got a very big head. But <laughs> what, a, what a game. Um, that was horrible and painful in so many ways, but it was also exhilarating and soul cleansing in a lot of ways as well. We can talk about all the stuff that didn't go according to plan, and we will, but we have to talk about the drive that won that game. It started off with Two really, really ugly sh- uh, th- short throws by Kyle McCord. But after that, he was next to perfect. Um, yeah. Taking the, the team down the field in a way that was, uh, it was reminiscent of something that you would see from Sam Hartman, to be quite honest with you, someone who has been in college for many years. And even though NBC kept saying that this was his fourth start, it was his fifth start of his career, obviously yeah. fourth of this season. But it was executed about as perfectly as you can get started off with the incompletion to um, to Travion that he threw out into the left flat. Then the next one was the overthrow where he had plenty of room to run. But after that, he followed it up with a 23 yard completion to Omeka Mecca He did throw deep to Julian Fleming. It was overthrown. I thought we could have argued for pass interference, but they weren't calling that all game. Then he had a short completion to Cade Stover. He had an incompletion that was almost picked off over the middle. But after that, from fourth and seven on, he was incredible. He had the seven-yard pass to Julian Fleming. He had a 19-yard pass to uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. There were A couple incompletions mixed in there. Um, I still think that it was a horrible call on the intentional grounding, but he did an incredible job to get rid of that ball, to avoid the sack and the time running off the clock. If you're telling me it's an intentional grounding or it's it's the sack, I would much prefer to take the intentional grounding because even though you lose the yardage, on the penalty, you still keep the time. And then down around the goal line, he was really, really impressive, kind of working things properly. I, I do wish that he would have gotten some of those throws to Marv up a little higher on the first one in the corner, at the front corner of the end zone. You could see Marv pointing up. He wanted that ball in the air. But I didn't I, – to be quite honest with you, I did not think that Cod McCord had that drive in him. And I'm very, very happy to be wrong about that because he – He won that game. He won that game, um, and he deserves all the credit in the world for that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) there's so much to say, Matt. As you could tell, we're on video here. Yeah, I'm a bigger boy. Okay, I can't. My heart can't be put through what I just went through. I like my salt. You know, I think my levels are a little high, so I I can't. These these little ebbs and flows of this game, this team. I've never seen a team with nine lives ever in my life like this, and it was pretty apparent on that. Throw to Kate Stover that he never saw the safety underneath that you know pretty much pretty much should have been a pick. Um, as you said, the two passes to Trayvon Henderson where they just one got nabbeded down, the second one they were on the same page, and then you know he steps up and makes that third. And if this team goes on to win something of substance this year, that third and nineteen throw to Egbuka is going to go down like maybe in like history. I mean, that was one of the best throws he made all season, and it was just because you know he was able to just. I, I don't, whether it was just figure out, you know, just bring down something deep inside of him, whatever went wrong in the game, whatever passes he didn't make, whatever he might've done, you know, with a or Marvin Harrison that didn't connect. He just put it all aside and said, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk this team down the field and put us in position to win. And then just the, the, the confidence that it took, you know, Ryan. And it's so crazy because does Ryan day still deserve a lot of criticism for that end around? Absolutely. That was, Unreal asinine. That was insane to call that. And it was like Notre Dame expected him to overthink that. They saw it coming. Um, but then I was criticizing him for use for not using the timeout on defense because we know it's timeouts more valuable on defense. But then if he uses it, that intentional yeah. grounding takes 10 seconds off the clock, game's damn
1: near over. So I, I, I can't we, I can't fault him yeah, for that. That was we, great we job. were We were arguing about it at my house. My dad was like, call the timeout, call the timeout. I was like, I understand what you're saying. Like you said, a a timeout is much more beneficial on defenses than it is on offense. Because on defense, you can't stop the clock. But on offense, you can't. But in a game like that, I think having one timeout in your back pocket, if he'd had two or three, yes, call the timeout. I like saving one because you don't know whether it's a 10 second runoff or you complete something to the one yard line to a Mecca and you have yeah. to call a timeout, you yeah. know, like those things you need that timeout. So I was okay with that. I understand people who were upset about it because like you said, it makes more sense to have that timeout or just timeouts in general on defense. But I, I was okay with that, um, with that one. But you know, I, I really think that when there's down to what was it? Seven seconds left third down, you have two plays left. I think that the cadence of those calls was the correct one to to throw the ball on third down when you have you have, you know, you don't have to worry about if you run the ball and you get stopped short, you have to worry about getting back. That's fine. But when you miss that one and you get it back with what is it? 3 seconds left, I think was yeah. technically how much yeah. was on the clock. 3 seconds. Let's go. Let's run it. You know, at that point the field is so compressed that even though you do have the best athletes on the team at your wide receiver positions, you don't have a lot of room for them to use that athleticism. And we have seen Ohio state struggle in short yardage on third down on fourth down in the red zone, not just in this game, not just in this season, but for a number of years here. But at that point it it felt like it was the right call because you kind of tried everything else and it hasn't worked. So give it to the guy who was a former linebacker who is an absolute beast running that ball who refuses to go down without a fight. And I think that was the right play. I have so many issues with Ryan Day calling plays all the time. Pretty much. I've literally been writing articles about how he should not be calling plays for almost two years now. Not because I don't think he's a great play caller, but I think because, one, he's got too many other things to do as the head coach. Two, because I I personally always think that a play caller on both offense or defense should be upstairs so they can look down on the play. But also, three, like I do think he gets – in his own head. I think he gets a little, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but he, I think he, he retreats it. into himself. What's that? I think he overthinks it honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But all that being said, I, I say that to preface the fact that I think that he, he did a great job after those first few incompletions to Trey. I think the play calls for the rest of that drive were pretty great. Um, does that, Erase everything that happened earlier in the game. No, and we'll get to that. But I, I think that for all of the criticism that I think day rightly deserves for this game and he will get it. I think that drive showed what he can do when he gets the ball in positions for his players to make the right place. It that drive was the only one of this whole game that looked to me like it was the second and third quarters of last week's game when Kyle was getting rid of the ball quickly. He was getting guys in space. He wasn't looking necessarily to just hope that a wide receiver beat a guy. There was some sort of play design that got them free quickly. They, you know, We had that quick slant to, I think it was a Mecca over the middle, a real quick get rid of the ball kind of thing. That was the only time we saw that really all game. And that probably had a little bit to do with Notre Dame playing a little bit safer because they thought... They wanted to keep everything in front, didn't want Emeka or Marv to get deep. I get that. But it was a well-called drive, a well-executed drive by Kyle McCord, and an absolutely Herculean one-yard run for Chip Trainum. So all the flowers in the world go to this team for that last drive because I admit I was not feeling super great about their possibilities when they got the ball back with, what was it, like a a, a, minute, a minute and a half minute, left or something? Half, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and I, I t- I'll say this. <laughs> Emeka Ibuka was he was – I've never his, – his, whoever is guarding him is going to need a restraining order on him just to get like – just to even get closer than that to him because it – or felt like he had a restraining order on him because he was just open the entire game. He was finding gaps. He's just so good at finding the holes in the secondary and either sitting down or running through them or whatever it takes to just be open because even when – I mean, he dropped the touchdown pass, which – a, a, a greatly would have been a nice catch he's an nfl receiver so he probably should have came up with it it's a great pass um so you know that is what it is but he was open all game as you mentioned i truly believe if he wasn't open he was being held i mean it was it was insane how many holds it looked like on de- defense they had marvin yeah, harrison had him long
1: for everybody it was insane yeah
0: it was you know marvin harrison has a catch that they call a not catch then 20 minutes later they're like oh sorry he caught it it's like what are, what are we doing here this is insane and the, you know the the broadcast is it was I could I could wh- wh- I could horrible. do an entire podcast on the
1: broadcast. Yeah, just absolutely discussion. horrible.
0: It, it started. I knew it was going to be off when they said this was his you know first first year his first career start was against uh, Indiana. No, it wasn't. He's had four career starts. No, he has five. And it's just I think they called Jesse Murko, Jesse Micra. Micra. I mean, it's like the, I that's the a good nickname are in front of you. It's a great nickname. It's a great it's nickname. It's hilarious because he is like six four, but it's like the, yeah. the names are in front of you. You yeah. know, I know back in their not, jerseys. Yeah. I think no Eagles are pretty good, but he didn't pass the nepotism test today. Uh, And because his dad is one of the is one of the greatest. The but, yeah. yeah. So that was a, t- that was a tough one. I've never loved black ledge, but I think he's been OK today. It was horrible. But um, yeah, I, we'll get into that. But when it comes to just Kyle McCord and just being able to, I guess it felt like and I tweeted this before the play, the last drive of like. I think Kyle McCord's played a really good game. I think the play callings let him down a little bit today. Yeah, because exactly. I think when they opened it up, he made good passes. You know, the pass, I think that's a touchdown to Marvin Harrison if, one, he's not held, and, two, he's not taped up. He doesn't have a, a five pounds of tape on his leg. You know, I think he runs under that ball in his touchdown. Hey, Buka kind of dropped a touchdown. You know, he made a couple shaky passes, the one he kind of tossed up to Kate Stover or whoever you want to call. with those six people in that area. But, you know, they made the first down, so – Sometimes you got to trust your guys. Obviously that would have been a game ending interception at the end of the game, but you know, if they don't, if they don't make the play, don't make the play. You got to put it behind you and move forward. And the next pass he made was the best pass of the game. So I think that says a lot about his just will to move forward, put the pass behind him. Cause you're going to make mistakes. It was nice to see that it doesn't seem like that really affects him. He, if he makes a mistake, he just puts it behind him and moves in and that's yeah. what you need. Cause you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You're a young quarterback. I think he outplayed Sam Hartman. I don't think Hartman did oh, anything yeah. spectacular today. He made some passes he had to, but outside of that, they just couldn't stop the 95 running backs Notre Dame apparently has, which I'm not sure that rotation makes a lot of sense because STEMI is really good
1: and I think he had nine carries. I kind of wanted uh, – to I don't know. Let me see. Audric Audric Estime had four, no, he had 14 carries for oh, yeah, 70 so had, yards.
0: Okay, so he had a lot at the end, so that makes more sense. Yeah. But well, you know, I mean they just it. they moved those guys in and out. It was kind of interesting yeah. to see.
1: The, I think your point about Kyle McCord kind of taking things in stride and moving on is, is a good one because he doesn't have the arm talent that C.J. Stroud has or or had when he was in Columbus. He doesn't have the the raw athleticism that Justin Fields had when he was in Columbus. But I think what he does have is something that we've heard about him throughout fall camp and even in the spring is that he's got this quiet confidence and leadership that goes a long way in games like this because – if you don't have that sheer talent that can just win a game on on you know on your arms or legs on your own, you have to have something that kind of gets you in that right headspace to make the right decisions. Did he make the right decisions every time? No. Like we said, there were some pretty bad plays and potentially catastrophic uh, passes that he made on that last drive, but he was able to let it roll off his back and keep going. So do I think this means that Kyle McCord is a Heisman Trophy finalist? No. Does he have to be? No. Um, do, does there need to be progress? Absolutely. Fortunately, Ohio state has a, has an off week coming up and we can move forward and hopefully continue to build on that last drive because there was a lot of things earlier that need a lot of work from everybody on the field. And we'll talk about the lines and the play calling and, and some of the other stuff, but we can't go any further without talking about Ryan day's post game press conference. Ah, oh, it's incredible. <laughs> what what was that like we don't see ryan day like i that need very that ever i need that what sewing for so much I where was it. that where was I that know. all game like yep. i i said we when we recorded our preview podcast know the reason why i talked about lou holtz i said lou holtz went off said the high state was soft kind of caught him out i said that to me combined with um Ryan Day on his on his radio show saying he was going to let it rip. I was like, game over. Like uh, Notre Dame can't keep up when Ryan Day is in his bag like that, and when he's got something to prove, that's when he's at his best. We didn't see that. We didn't see that in the game. I love what he did after the game, kind of stepping up for his players. Um, I don't know that like a hundred and seven year old dude, you know, talking about you saying that the team is soft and has gotten beaten by teams that are tougher, which is objectively true like you know other than maybe the Georgia game where I don't think that's why they won um but the Michigan games that's true like that's that's a legitimate you know excuse but I don't care like we've seen Nick Saban and Bill Belichick for years manufacture outrage and board material from much much less yeah. than what Lou gave them so I'm totally good with taking some idiotic comments from an old gas bag like Lou Holtz um And using them, I just wish they would have used them more. But beside that, Lou Holtz getting absolutely lit up on national television on what was essentially an NBC, Notre Dame broadcast, even though it technically wasn't, was absolutely hilarious. And I know that that's not Ryan Day's personality all the time. I think that I've said this before. Like I think Ryan Day is an incredible person. I think he's a great leader of men. I think he's he's the type of person you would want your son to play college football for. I don't know that I, and this is tough for me to say because Justin, you know, I am not an urban Meyer guy. I, I'm, I'm just not, I, uh, you know, um, but I wish he had a little bit of urban in him. Maybe the urban, we saw, like the, the type of urban that we saw after this game. If he could just mix in a dash of that, a quarter of that into his, his mindset and his play calling into his preparation all the time. Um, I think that would be for the better. Maybe, maybe that's what he's like all the time off the field. We don't know. Cause we're not at practice but it's not what what we see and it's not it's not what we see directly from him or through his team but I loved it I think it was great I think it was hilarious I think it was perfect and I was running I was ready to run through a wall after that and I wish I hope we get more of that moving forward because I think they're going to need it to kind of cover, cover up some of the weaknesses that this team has that they haven't had in years past
0: yeah I think um it's it's kind of funny because First of all, they showed Lou Holtz at halftime. I think he was with his national championship team. He was in bed ten minutes later. So there's just no. Scenario they were holding him up. They were pre- yeah, yeah, they, they were him really holding him up. up. He was in bed ten minutes later. He had a little he had a peanut butter sandwich, went to bed. He's he's you know he's he didn't hear what Ryan Tate said. But I I mean I'm actually in a weird spot because uh, I work I I used to work about three years ago for the local paper, the Lou Holtz, the, the town he's from. I got to interview him for like an hour. He's he's an amazing guy, very, very nice. Gave me all the time in the world to talk to him, which was cool. But that all being said, it was hilarious to just see Ryan Day of all people light up Lou Holtz at the end. To be, to be honest, he, I mean, he said those things. So Ryan Day did. It's not, you know, we talk about like you know how Michael Jordan used to manufacture rage and all these like adversities to like you know like the whole thing. I I took, I'm sure Ryan Day is now going to be a meme of. I took that personal after Lou Holtz said that. So. You know, we're going to see that for sure. Um, wow, Northwestern beat Minnesota. I didn't see that. Oh, wow. Um, also, yeah, that's fantastic. Good for them. Um, and Akron is beating Indiana. Not a good day for the Big Ten as I'm looking through the scores. Um, but yeah, it's just, I need mad Ryan Day all the time. That Georgia photo of him fired up and running out there. And, and we saw, it? We saw it? it. And we did see it in the first quarter when they got that fourth and one stop, where, again, generational defender Sonny Styles read the play the whole way and got that stop. Maybe it was the second quarter. And it might have honestly been the third quarter. I'm not even remembering right. Um, my mind is swirling. But um, he, was, he was out there, and he was, like, on the hash mark, and he was throwing his fist, and he was, you know, he's firing him up. And that's just – it's something you don't see often. And I don't, I don't need that from my head coach. You know, I don't, I don't think really Kirby Smart does it that much. You know, you kind of see – I think, like, Dabo and guys like that do it too much to where it's like they're kind of making it about themselves. So every coach has a different coaching technique, and not one is better than the other in terms. But I do think it's nice to see Ryan Day just outwardly show that because I do think sometimes when you are looking at him, it's not that he looks like I don't know nervous is the word, but I don't know nervous might be the word. I don't know really what it is, but he does look like sometimes it's kind of what I think people used to say about C.J. Stroud, right? Because C.J. was so he was just really quiet and cerebral. And what we learned about it was he's just a quiet killer. That's supposed to he's just going to kill you. He's not going to say anything. He's just going to kill you. But you know, so that's and like you said, it's very cerebral. So I just think that's what it is. But it as a fan base, it is nice to see that guy like come out and just say, like, you know what? Like, I heard what they said, I didn't like what they said, and we used what they said. And that was what I it, it was nice to see that. And he I mean, he looked like at the end, like halfway through, he looked like genuinely offended at times. Yeah, like what Lou Holt said. And it was hilarious because he's a nice guy. And he said to, I forget the um <laughs> the, but he said thank you for yeah, your, your patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank Catherine you for your tapping. Yeah. Thank you for your patience. It was brilliant to end that cuz like you said he's a genuinely amazing nice guy. So that was just the perfect way to end it. So I look, I mean so all when it comes to fo- sports are simple. If you finish with more points than the other team you win. Right. Did Ohio State maybe deserve to win? I don't know if deserves the right word. I kind of I struggle with that. They're like they don't deserve to be there. Well, who makes that determination? But they won. They had 17 and Notre Dame had 14. So at the end of the day you're 4-0 and and you you look I mean Even if they lose this game, it doesn't take the playoff out of out of the realm anyway, because, you know, if you win the Big Ten, you go to the playoff. That's very simple. But it's a hell of a confidence boost because it's the game you probably threw away at one point that you won. And that's always nice.
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see what Bill Connolly's SP plus post game win expectancy is for this one, because coming down the stretch, I did not expect them to win. We will see what the numbers said. But let's turn the ball. Or let's turn it over to the other side of the ball because the Ohio State defense was both lights out and both it was both lights out and also like porous and and frustrating it and weird. it's really weird to do that yeah. in a game where you only give up two scores um, yeah. and you only gave up 351 yards and what's crazy about it is you always talk about balance Notre Dame went for 175 passing yards and 176 rushing yards if you would have told me that I would not have believed that I would have thought that they ran for a lot more than 176 but maybe that goes to show that you know the the clock rules um, were making it a little easier for them to extend drives When they weren't actually producing as many yards as we thought both teams ended up um, with almost the exact same number of plays. Ohio State ran 65 offensive plays. Notre Dame ran 64. Ohio State averaged 5.6 yards per play. Notre Dame averaged 5.5. It's eerily similar as you look between these two teams in almost every category except time of possession. Notre Dame had 34.34 minutes and 59 seconds. So essentially 35 minutes of. Of possession in that game and it showed Um, I think that is a huge reason why you saw down the stretch Ohio State's defense was getting gassed and gashed like they weren't in the first half in the first half they were lights out I mean that first drive was um, you know was a little shaky but I I often kind of just say First drives are first drives. They're they're generally more about emotion than anything else. But you got the turnover on downs on that one. You got the missed field goal on the second one. After that, though, they were pretty lights out. Um, you know, for you know the rest of the half. Then you get into this this uh, the second half. You have an, an eight play drive that got turned over on downs again. Then you had the two incredibly long drives, the seventy five yard drive and the ninety six yard drive that both ended in touchdowns. <laughs> And you're thinking at this point, like either Notre Dame figured it out or Ohio state's defense is completely exhausted or maybe a little bit of both. And I just didn't feel like Ohio state's offense was going to be able to turn that around. But you know, for all of those extra yards that they gave up in the second half, the defense really was what allowed Ohio state to stay in this game because otherwise uh, you know, the offense wasn't there, but we can talk about whether Jim Knowles's scheme and approach works. We can talk about whether the defensive line is producing for Larry Johnson like it did in years past. We can talk about whatever you want, the a potential disagreement in philosophy between those two coaches. But this team, this defense is much better than it was last year. And I know last year's game against Notre Dame was low scoring too. But you you have to With be – Tyler one, Buckner. Yeah. yeah. It, yes, <laughs> exactly. Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner are very, very different at quarterback. Yeah. But, like, you can't watch this defense and say they're not significantly better than last year. Are they perfect? No. Are they great? Probably not that either. But they are a really, really good defense. And despite the fact that they gave up two, I mean, it was fourteen minutes on you know, total of play time, an entire quarter basically, on those two drives. Um, despite that, they played really well and and I think there are things to improve upon. And if they can play like that and continue to improve like that moving forward this season, I think that there are still legitimate championship aspirations for this team because we're four weeks in. They're about ready to have their bye week. You can't expect this team to be a finished product right now. One, because of the new quarterback. Two, because of the new offensive line. Three, because they are still in year two under Jim Knowles on defense. So you expect there to be progress throughout the course of the season. But you have to be able to see something uh, at this point, a a third of the way into the season. or uh, Are they a third of the way into the season? Twelve, um, yeah, third of the way into yeah. the season, four games. After. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember which uh, what number of game we were. All of a sudden, um, but you have to be able to see something. You like, is there something there where you can see something move forward? That's what I thought in, in twenty fourteen. The team was not perfect, at, at, you know, at four games into the season, but they got better each week. And I think we saw enough from this defense against, against a legitimate opponent to say they're not there, but they have something that could allow them to get there if they continue to improve through the course of the season.
0: Yeah. I like to think Ohio state's defense slash Jim Knowles, listened to our preview podcast, because we mentioned the big plays. That's what Notre Dame does. They, they hit, they hit you over the top. They hit you big plays. And they were clearly, especially in that first half, not as much as second half, but the first half, like we're just, we're going to give them some yards. We're going to, but we're going to make sure they don't hit us over the top and make sure they don't kill us with the big play. And, um, and they did that. It was so weird because like you said, as as dumb as this is about to sound, I didn't realize till halftime they had no points because they just felt like they were kind of driving down the field, moving the ball. But again, they just had zero points and that's really all that matters. If you give them off the board, you know, I think that fourth down by Sam Hartman was kind of, I think a lapse of judgment on his part. He kind of put the ball like behind him maybe, which was kind of a weird thing, but um, yeah, he probably should have picked that up and they probably score points if he does. But at the end of the day, uh, they didn't score any points. And then, I've never been more confident in my life that a field goal kicker was about to miss a kick than that. That was really weird. But the minute he walked out there, I was like, he's going to miss. I don't know why. And he did.
1: Genius. You're missed. I mean,
0: I was was just like, I've never called a miss kick, but this dude looks like he's going to miss this kick. And he did. So it was just, you know, if you can keep him off the board, that's all you really care about. Another thing is it's always the one position of football where it's great, where you don't hear their name is your cornerback. I'm not positive. I heard them say Denzel Burke's name the entire game. Because they didn't even try to throw at him. They were like, wherever he is, we're going that way. And it was awesome to watch. I think Igben Newsom, outside of that kind of of obvious pass interference that he kind of played off. In his defense, I think the receiver got his hands in his face. Um, But he had a great game as well. Again, Sonny Styles is just all over the field. Jordan Hancock made a couple great plays. The secondary was great. Not the best game for Steel Chambers. So I'm curious if maybe we start to see a little bit of CJ Hicks or whatever the case may be there, but I do think steel chambers has earned some benefit of doubt. You know, he hasn't played great, but he's played well in general and you're not going to be perfect all the time. You know, I think he just made a couple, there was a couple of times it looked like he might've had contained that he let the edge loose and just the little, little things like that. But um, you know, JTT, that would have been a tough pick at the end, but it's a pick we've seen him make. So I think it was like, he kind of set the bar high for himself because it would have been athletic, but again, he's an athlete. So, I, you know, Jack Sawyer, I heard his name called more today, so that's good. Tyreek Williams is having a phenomenal year. He really um, is. He was being held every play that he didn't make a play. So yeah. good for him. And you know, I mean, Mike Hall, he made a nice play at the end of the game. So it's kind of it's just a little bit of a little bit of everything with these guys. Obviously, we talked about Tommy Eichenberg. He's just solid. He's not gonna be he's not gonna be the greatest linebacker in the world, but he's never gonna be bad. He's just gonna do what he does, and I think that's good for a, you know middle linebacker, the leader of your defense, uh, you know, obviously a captain. So I, it, it was like when when they scored that first touchdown, I tweeted, I was like, the defense was going to give up some points at some point. They're not going to shut out Notre Dame. Notre Dame's having one of the best offensive years in literally a century. Like they kept talking about it. So I mean, they were going to fold at some point. The offense had to put up some points, and they put up three more.
1: So yeah, yeah. It, it, I think that there are some guys on this defense who kind of showed you who they are today. I think one of them was Tyleek Williams. Uh, I think one of them was Denzel by not showing you anything because he didn't have the opportunity. I think that, that says a lot about how opposing offenses view him. I think Lathan ransom had a really nice game as well. Um, You know, again, Tommy had a, had a really decent game. I, the thing is, it's like, I understood why, Cody Simon was in the game so much. They were going with three linebacker set because they are a team that like to run the ball so much. I I understand getting him in there. That's a situation where I would really like to see CJ. Um, It's one thing if like they have been saying, or at least alluding to the fact that like, Oh, he's not ready, but um, they've said he's ready. Like they say, like he's going to play and he really hasn't had the opportunity to, I think that's an, uh, that that's a game where I wouldn't have mind of seeing him get mixed in because while Cody Simon, I think made a couple plays, that were pretty nice, especially early on in the game. There were other times. Yeah. The fourth down. I I think there were other times when he looked just out athleted, you know, like he was almost like he was in the right spot or was going to the right spot, but he was a second slow and he just kind of got beat. Those are places where maybe CJ isn't exactly in the right spot because he doesn't have that experience, but his athleticism can make up for that. Um, I'm not going to question steel chambers as a whole, because I think he has proven that he is a high quality starting linebacker, a potential all conference linebacker. This was just not a good game for him. It it wasn't. He, he, so many times hit the wrong hole on run plays. Like it was like any time that a a hole was closed by our defensive lineman, that's where he ended up. And they usually went right around him. So that was not exactly a great run fit performance, by steel. Um, but it's not like a he shouldn't be playing kind of thing. Um, I think overall the defense really showed well and and it's going to be incumbent on the offense to get them more rest. You cannot let them wear you down. The defense still has to be much better at getting pressure on the quarterback. And now, admittedly, Notre Dame has one of the best offensive linemen offensive line in the country. They also have to be better on third down. Um, if I look here, Notre Dame was pull up the right stats. Notre Dame was only five for 10 on third down, which is very surprising to me. And you factor in fourth downs, they were only five for 12 where Ohio state was 11 for 20. When you factor in third and fourth down, I that's another one of those stats where I said, like, I would have thought they had like 250 rushing yards. I would have thought that they were like seven for 10 or eight for 10 on third down. So that's even better than I expected from the defense, or at least what I thought, just um, just looking at it. So certainly things that need to get better, Justin, Um, certainly things that I think you have to kind of clean up on both sides of the ball. Chuck just made a comment here to us too many yards after initial contact by defense tackling too high. It seems 100%. I, I think that that is partially Audric Estime is just a beast beast. And like, he's one of the best running backs in the country, but it's also true. I think you have to, um, I think there were times like you even saw it with, with JT where he would hit a guy with his shoulder rather than taking him down, there was one where I think he actually might have pushed him for like a three four more yards yeah, he, yeah. because he hit him rather than, than wrapped him up. Um, I think that's a little bit endemic of like just how football players are these days. They want to go for the big hit rather than wrapping up. Um, so I definitely think that's, that's absolutely accurate. But um, Trevion Henderson deserves a lot of credit. He had 104 yards rushing. Obviously, 61 wow. of those were on a single carry. But that's who we think Trey is. Um, or who he could be, or who he can be, I'm not. I'm not sure why, throughout the first three games of the season, they were kind of insistent on splitting up the carries almost equally between him, Chip, and and Mayan. It might have been to save him for games like this because of the injuries that he had last year. That they wanted to just make sure that he was fresh um, and didn't have as many opportunities to to get hurt. But that's why you keep giving the ball to Trey. Does he still dance a little bit too much in the hole? Yes. Do do, do they still call too many um, stretch plays into the boundary? Absolutely. If I see another one of those again in my life, it will be too soon. But he has the ability to hit runs like that. He has the ability to break plays like that. My brother, as we were watching this game, he said, how did nobody catch him? I said, because he's really freaking fast. And it just, he doesn't look like it. He's a bigger guy. Like when you look at him, he's not, Chip or mayan big necessarily but like he's stout so you don't think that he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to break off a 60 yard run and kind of leave guys in in his dust but he Mm -hmm. is um so i think that that kind of shows who he is and what he's capable of um and i think the offense as a whole i probably give it a a b minus c plus but i think when they were doing the things that they do best which is really mostly about Ryan day. Although I do think of some of it is Kyle McCord being a little bit um, hesitant at times to kind of push the ball, but when he can get rid of the ball quickly, when he's not necessarily looking at guys in bracketed coverage, or he's not tr- having to force things to check down guys. Like I think their office is still really good. Is it as great as it has been in the rest of Ryan day's time with Dwayne, Justin and CJ? No, but I think the offense is pretty good. So overall, there's a lot of things that did not go well for, what, 58 minutes of this game, 58 and a half minutes of this game. But I don't think you can walk away from this game feeling anything other than excited by what you saw in the last minute. It doesn't erase everything that happened before that. And those are questions that I think Ryan Day and the coaching staff are going to have to answer. But right now, here at 1141 p.m., I'm just giddy and ecstatic that they were able to somehow against all odds, pull that one out. Justin.
0: Yeah. And I think the buy is going to come at a good time because first of all, let's get Marvin Harrison completely healthy. Um, also that play was so indicative of the type of player he is. Cause it was him making a block that yeah. all elite receivers just don't make like, yeah. I mean, NFL scouts have to be salivating watching the dude that has made again, that they call comically talented, which is hilarious to say if you're a scout, make a block like that because that sealed off the entire play that, that literally sprung the touchdown, uh, which almost turned into be like a, a hurtful touchdown because all, not only did Harris Harrison get hurt, yeah, but yeah. the defense had no time to get any, cause they just had a long drive. So the defense had no time to get, you know, arrested. So it was kind of funny, but obviously I'm never going to argue with 60 yard touchdown. Uh, Trey Anderson looked phenomenal. He looks again, I've said it before. He looks better and better every game. The, I think the is coming at a good time to just to get them kind of ready because the next four games are all, Tough. I mean, Maryland on October 7th, they're going to be 5-0 going into that because they play Indiana next week. I'm very comfortable Maryland will beat them. Uh, Maryland is a very interesting team. Their defense still has a long way to go. They held Michigan State to nine points today, but Michigan State is a a dumpster fire. So, um, you know, but that offense is real. Julia is very real. You know, they got some real weapons. So it'll be interesting to see the secondary kind of go from this, uh, you know, this Notre Dame offense, which is talented, to another talented offense, but in a kind of a different way.
1: Yeah, because uh, They different.
0: don't. Notre Dame doesn't let Sam Harmon kind of sling the ball. Maryland just gives Tuley the ball and says, "All right, go. Good luck." You know, I mean, those picks. He throws picks. They don't care. He's just. They just
1: let him sling it, which is awesome. It's fun to watch. We we've seen Ohio State struggle to put away Maryland in the past. Oh, we've last also, year was insane. Yeah, we also know that Ryan Day absolutely hates Maryland's guts because of what they allegedly did with turning Chase Young in for like someone paying like a friend a friend of a friend or a friend of the family paying for this girlfriend to fly to the rose bowl um from all indications are they blame maryland's program because chase is from maryland Maryland. people people know yeah Yeah. so this could be interesting like do we get post-game lou holtz hater ryan day against maryland in two weeks i would like that I, would I hope like he that. just
0: manufactures stuff when we're playing Wisconsin. I hope not? he, fit, yeah, when we're playing like I don't even know some, you yeah, know, West somebody. Just Luke, it
1: Fickle said, Luke Fickle yeah. said the food at the Woody sucks. Yeah, so we're to run we're put it up it on, on the bulletin board. board. Yeah. Just do it.
0: I mean, I that's kind of what they're doing to Colorado. You know, these, you know, guys are kind of saying, you know, Dan Landing says something, so Colorado uses it. Obviously, today didn't work, but no. you know they're using bulletin board material and it, it works. For, you know, that's what all the greats have done. Tom Brady did it. Michael Jordan did it. You know, um, so it's 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 great to see like them actually using. It. It's nice to see that they're seeing this stuff. And you know, obviously you can't see everything. God, I hope like Ryan Day is not on Twitter. That's you know, yeah. if he's like people are tweeting about me, I'd be like, no, don't do that. But well, look, you're obviously hey, going to see Lou Holtz make national comments. That's a whole different thing. So,
1: look, I I wrote it, a thing the other week. Like, I know that people get mad at us because we're the only outlet that really talks about the shortcomings of the program as openly because we're not, we're not a beat. We're not a, like a news outlet. We're for a fan blog. Um, I think it is 100% fair for fans to be frustrated with things in this program. This program, I believe has underachieved despite all of the success, despite all of the wins, despite how close they have been to winning national titles. I think they've underachieved the recruiting is second to only georgia and alabama and i think that it's actually at the at the at the right positions probably even better and we know what ryan day and other members of this coaching staff are capable of doing with their position groups as a whole that has not happened i also i mentioned earlier why i don't think ryan day should be calling plays it is not against ryan day for the most part although i do think that his turtling has has it, it increased the fervor with which I believe that he should give up his play calling duties. I, people think that we are, we are negative. We y'all don't even know how big of homers we are. Like we are as if you were in our Slack channel, you would know we are the biggest homers in the world. We want this program to be great. And we understand that, or at least we think maybe understand is not the right word. I, and I don't want to speak for everybody. I will say for me, all of the wins that Ryan Day have has, I'm very grateful for. I'm glad that he wins those games. I'm glad that he does not lose to teams that he should not lose to. That is a breath of fresh air. That is something that we can count on, and I love that. I don't. I, I'm not. I, I don't want to see this team settle for ten and two on the season, or ten and three, or even eleven and two with a bowl game. Like I want this team winning national titles because why wouldn't you? This yeah. is the team you root for. They have the talent um so if people want to say that like we're negative for pointing out the fact that they keep running the same plays over and over and they never work or that the defensive line despite all of the five-star talent that it has still can't get any any pressure on on a on a quarterback or that um i don't know what else people get mad at that that ryan day should be calling but if you want to get mad about that that's fine we're one it we're fans we're not we're not journalists at least not in this uh in this endeavor But like, we're also right, you know, like, (laughs) I mean, and that's like, I think objectively we're right. I think if you look back at our history, like we say the things that end up everybody else coming along to months down the road. And I'm not saying that because like, I think we're smarter than everybody. I think it's just because everybody else on the Buckeye beat can't say these things. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't think that we're necessarily smarter than everybody, but what it does is it pisses people off. So like, that's when Herb Street did his whole like psychotic fans thing. Like, look if you want to say we're psychotic by saying that Ryan day shouldn't be calling plays and that he is, you know, continually underachieving, that's fine. Do that. I think we're right. Um, but we have a track record of really, really good players and I would like to see them kind of achieve what they're capable of. And I know that that's what they want as well. So, um, my little defense of, of us aside, Justin overall, an absolutely confounding, maddening, thrilling, exacerbating, stupefying mesmerizing emotional game i'm glad that ohio state came out on on the side of it that they did and it just gives them an opportunity to get better like you said earlier if they would have lost they still could have been in not obviously the big 10 race but also the national title race but by allowing by by winning this allows them more time and more flexibility to kind of figure things out and so they have a bigger margin of error moving forward so any parting thoughts before we head out of here and wrap this one up?
0: Wins a win. I don't know if I've, I've really taken that mantra because, as we no, said, I, I, I cover the basketball team more, and yeah. I don't see as many wins. Uh, well, technically, I see more wins, yeah. but it's more games. <laughs> not, percentage wise, not percentage yeah, wise. Yeah, percentage wise it's a little lower. Um, so, wins a win. You know, you I you learn lessons from every game. I just like learning lessons more from games you win. Um, it's like that the Colorado Superfan they did a game day special on last week, Peggy super nice little old woman uh, she said i like being she said she said i like being a a, a a a good a good loser but i like being a good winner a lot more and um, that's what it is it's good to win so they won yeah. the game you get a bye which i think the, i like it, i thought the bye was earlier first now i think the bye is at a perfect time cuz i do think they need to kind of reset a little bit this game was just chaotic in the most best of college football ways um, and then you reset and then you you get Maryland, and then I think you get somebody, and then you get Penn State. And that's kind of what this this yeah. is kind of going towards at this point. October 21st, can't come soon enough. Penn State looks really good. Um, they didn't look amazing against Illinois, I didn't think, but they looked – I believe they – I didn't watch too much of the Iowa game. I got to go back. Obviously, it was all at the same time. Yeah. But just from the score and the box score, they looked like they had a great game. So um, that's – I mean, October 21st just can't come soon enough. Is that game no. at Penn State? I can't
1: know. It's, a, it's, it's in Columbus at the horseshoe. Okay. Uh, I, I don't believe they've announced a time for that one yet. I would love it to be a night game. Uh, we'll see if that ends up happening. I maybe it could be an NBC night game. Who knows? I I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of things to break down. We will do that throughout the next two weeks. Obviously uh, Marv needs to get every treatment possible throughout the next two weeks Um, make sure that he is healthy and ready to go. Especially after this past week, we learned that he played with a sprained ankle all of last season. Um, So make sure that his ankles, his legs are in as good a shape as you possibly can. And we will see what happens moving forward. It's a great win. It's a win that this team, I think needed mentally as much as it did on the, uh, uh, on the scoreboard. And hopefully that Ryan day can learn those lessons. I'm, I'm suspect about him learning lessons because we've seen him now for five years not learn some lessons. So, but if he can look at this, either from a motivational standpoint or a play calling standpoint, and, and learn some things about this team and about himself as a play caller, I think that the sky is still a limit for this group. So, we will have to wait and see.
0: Not to uh, just one last thought. I don't know yeah. if you even saw this yet. Uh, it is confirmed Notre Dame had 10 guys on the field on that last play that's not oh on the,
1: on the touchdown yeah
0: he they marcus Freeman said they were trying to run another defensive end on but they didn't want to get penalized to give him a free basically a free touchdown because he penalized you're on the inch yard line so yeah um or give him a free play so they had 10 guys on the field so that's not not ideal if you're Notre Dame.
1: did they did they have a timeout left i don't remember if they, they had one not. left they did they not didn't. have a timeout left okay no
0: so right. they Good. used it uh earlier in that drive so
1: yeah darn uh <laughs> all right Thank you for following along. If you were watching us live, we appreciate it. Um, This is only the second time we've done this. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's a great way to kind of get into it. We'll do a little bit more, hopefully, moving forward, especially after the buy with trying to get some questions in there. But... Time to take a deep breath justin you can see on the video if you're watching us live where to follow us on social media you can follow me at bww matt you can follow justin at justin underscore golba if you want to follow the podcast we don't do a ton of tweeting here yet but it's at land grant pods if you want to follow the site it's at land grant 33. thank you for, for uh listening thank you for watching Have a great Sunday. Try to come down after that one. It's going to be a crazy uh, time trying to get the emotions down. I'm a Browns fan,
0: so I'm sure something bad will
1: happen tomorrow. That seems fair. That seems fair. I'm also a Reds
0: fan, which so are you, Matt, and their season ended tonight. so.
1: I mean, they were up 8 nothing at the bottom of the second, and they lose 13-12. to <laughs> I thought it was like going
0: to be the worst Saturday of my life because I saw they lost 13-11, and it was right at the time that Ryan Day ran the end around. I was like, I You We didn't even talk about it. that
1: play. That's, yeah. how, that's how excited we were about this game that we barely talked about. You mentioned it earlier, but we Hang didn't up. even break that down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that that's not the focus of our entire conversation. But yeah. anyway, thank you for paying it there. Thank you for uh, checking in with us, for listening, for watching. Have a great rest of your weekend. We will talk to you soon, and as always, go bye. We'll i